Since March 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been developing content monthly, weekly, and daily for the business of pharmacy. With more than 25 different podcast channels, more than 1 million downloads, and 30-plus participating pharmacists, the Pharmacy Podcast Network is the global leader in podcasting for the pharmacy professional. Find all of our podcast channels by going to pharmacypodcast.com forward slash shows. Pharmacy benefit managers, better known as PBMs, are responsible for negotiating payment rates for a large share of prescription drugs distributed in the United States. Recently, state Medicaid systems, policymakers, and national pharmacy associations have expressed concern that certain PBMs' business practices may not be consistent with public policy goals to improve the value of pharmaceutical spending. This podcast series is all about PBM reform. Listen to the discussions, share these podcasts, and help build a new pharmacy payer system which supports our independent and community pharmacies, encourages fair and transparent competition in the marketplace, and most importantly, is designed to deliver the best patient care. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, welcome back to the PBM Reform Podcast Series. This has been an absolute joy of the Pharmacy Podcast Network to get uh, several uh, amazing pharmacy professionals and advocates of PBM Reform on this series today is no different we have a special opportunity to interview the executive vice president of the north dakota pharmacists association mr mike schwab welcome to the pbm reform podcast series mike thanks for having me much appreciated i want to give a shout out to kate gainer thank you so much kate for making this introduction you are a force to be reckoned with and you're on the side of Pharmacy, pharmacist, independent pharmacy owners, and um, and we really appreciate the introduction to Mr. Mike Schwab. Let's uh, take a pause, Mike, and just get an, a little background on yourself and how you are now uh, in the thick of this PBM reform uh, battle that we're all in. Well, much appreciated. Uh, I have grew up in North Dakota, been here all my life. Uh, as all, with all of us, we all have relatives that take prescription drugs and or we, we take them ourselves. And, and to be honest with you, it didn't take me long. I've been at this job about 14 years now. And I'd say in a relatively short period of time within the, the first year, maybe two years of taking this job, it, it didn't take me long to to figure out and to realize that we we have some bad actors in, in, in the healthcare marketplace. And it didn't take me long to realize that these bad actors in the marketplace are definitely contributing to the high cost of prescription drugs. And when you really sit down and you really start analyzing things, there's a lot of data out there and there's a lot of information out there that, uh, you know, actually can be reported and, and shown as fact that that is, in fact, happening. And, uh, you know, the, the PBMs are definitely adding to the high cost of drugs. And, you know, I guess as an individual who's lived here all my life, uh, when you see your seniors or your grandma or your grandpa or others that you love and, and you take care of, as, as well as you see taxpayer money, involved in these kind of situations um you know i it was almost kind of a, a duty i felt of mine to try to address some of the abuses and problems that we see in the marketplace you know we've always heard about prescription drug spending and pricing and and the the consumer really believes it's you know if you ask any consumer including you know my parents people i i communicate with on facebook 
uh, friends that are uh, in southwestern Pennsylvania along with me. A lot of people don't understand the the entire life cycle of a medication going from development to um, the wholesaler uh, to the pharmacy to the patient and and what that means and it it's very confusing even someone as myself who's been in pharmacy for you know 15 plus years it's even confusing for me and you know since the 70s the congress has has considered multiple approaches to battle um, the drug uh, pricing scares of the public and what that means for our health Mike, it's it's accelerated um, the nefariousness of the the PBMs and and what they've done with spread pricing and gag clauses and um, having to accept a contract or you don't get the patients and then the DRR fee clawback money uh, of a of a community pharmacy uh, three months six months after the medication's been dispensed and it it's all of this that's accumulated, Mike, doesn't seem like the patients in the center of it. It seems like the the profit and the 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 stockholders are making out in this this design and these algorithms. What I what I want from you is let's dig into into North Dakota specifically. What have you seen taking place uh, of where we are today with with the current PBM uh, business models, the the offenders that is. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, just to echo some of your comments, I mean, you know, it is extremely hard for the public to understand uh, the the complex market uh, of, of healthcare, especially when it comes to prescription drugs. And uh, I, I think you're exactly right in the fact that the general public, you know, doesn't even know what a PBM is or a pharmacy benefit manager. And when you start talking to them and you start telling them about the things that a PBM does and or can do, um, you know, they're, they don't believe you. They don't, they don't think that those things should take place in a marketplace or they, you know, they can't fathom that those things are allowed to take place, you know, and then when you start showing them, I mean, they actually start to get a little angry after a while that, well, why isn't something being done? Why aren't we looking at some of these things? And so for a number of years, North Dakota has actually looked at, well, you know, if we're, if, if federally things are going to be moving at a snail's pace, and we understand the, the dynamics out there are different, but the reality is, is as you said, for decades, they've been trying to do something. And so I think what you've seen is you've seen a groundswell of state action across the country, and in some cases, some pretty aggressive action. And in North Dakota, um, you know, we've, we've been the, the first state in a number of cases to introduce some, some what we consider to be um, some very much needed, um, some might call it aggressive, but uh, I actually call it really common sense and needed. Uh, legislation to try to address some of these issues. Uh, you know, by no means do we have all the answers, but uh, the unfortunate reality is, is that I think with a lot of states, our only recourse at this point in time is state legislative action and or legal action, of course. Uh, but in North Dakota, we've sat back and we've looked at a number of things. And, you know, we were one of the first states to pass legislation outlawing gig clauses. I, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, but even President Trump signed an executive order to get rid of gig clauses. I mean, to, to think that our pharmacists are, are, are going to be gagged by PBMs in terms of talking to their patients about uh, cost, al- cost alternatives and or cheaper medications. Um, again, uh, you would think a person doesn't need legislation for something like that, but obviously you do. Um, we also looked at some of the other things that are going on with regards to even the fact that a PBM wants to, to borrow uh, pharmacies from joining class action lawsuits. Um, you know, they make it extremely difficult for pharmacies to have any legal recourse in how they do their contracts and their 
and their uh, provider manuals. Um, obviously, uh, as, as a business, you want the right to protect your business and protect the patients that you serve. Um, you know, other things such as spread pricing. You know, we didn't we didn't go in and say, hey, you can't do pr spread pricing. But what we wanted to do is require you know PBMs to at least disclose to employers that they do it. I mean, if you're going to be a good purchaser of services, and you want to go out and try and the, the best try and find the best competitive uh, rates out there. You need to know what's going on and you need to know all the things that are going on behind the scenes. For a lot of employers, they don't have a clue that the PBMs pay the pharmacy one price. And technically, I mean, the reality of it is, is bill the employer whatever they want. I mean, you know, we understand that, again, nothing's illegal with that. But how, how is that business supposed to be a, an informed purchaser of services if they truly don't know what's going on behind the scenes or what's truly adding to the high cost of premiums? Uh, you know, it, it's sad when your families can't even afford their, their premiums for their health insurance, much, much less their, you know, prescription drug costs that come with it. But yet at the same time, we, we have a lot of things going on in the background that uh, the general public doesn't even know about. And when you share these things with legislators, they start to, to get angry right away too. Or for the most part, it's eye-opening for them. And at the end of the day, well, we've been fortunate in North Dakota to have a very a uh, large group of Republicans and Democrats in both the House and the Senate, as well as our governor's office that support a lot of the reforms that we've been bringing forward. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a number of things that we, you know, we, we, we could talk about. I mean, something as simple as, you know, a lot of your PBMs will even try to prohibit pharmacies from mailing prescription drugs. I mean, we all, we all know why that's the case. I mean, the PBMs are all now in the business of pharmacy. They all own mail order pharmacies, specialty mail order pharmacies, in some cases, brick and mortar pharmacies. I mean, it, it, again, uh, when you're looking at some of these provisions um, and you look out and you look at uh, federally what's going on, um, again, I don't know how much you want me to go on and on, but I can kind of keep going. I mean, there's a variety of things that just don't make sense in this marketplace and they need to be fixed. I mean, just the mere fact, and I've, I've seen a few of your other podcasts and it's been mentioned, but just the mere fact that in pharmacy, Pharmacies have to contract with their direct competitors who get to set the terms and conditions of their contract, you know, basically the way they have to operate, as well as gets to set their reimbursement rates, as well as has access to that patient information of the, of, of the member beneficiaries who go to those pharmacies. I mean, that's just asinine to say that I, I'm on a level playing field and there's no anti-competitive uh, process or there's no anti-competitive things going on in the marketplace. Uh, when I have to contract with my direct competitor who sets my reimbursement rate, who also sets my terms and conditions of my contract, and in a small state like North Dakota, as you could imagine, we only have a couple of major players in the state. And so to say, well, if you don't like the terms and conditions or the reimbursement rates, don't take that contract. Well, that just isn't the reality of what a pharmacy can do, especially in a small state, especially in the Midwest. When you're offered a contract by an insurance company who holds the, the majority of the covered lives in your state, if you don't sign something of that nature, well, you're not in business anymore. And so, yes, when pharmacies say we're basically given take it or leave it contracts, that's 100% the truth. You know, beyond what you just stated about competitive issues, not a, a, a playing field that's anywhere uh, fair to, to compete because of, like you said, a, a community pharmacy uh, independently owned is competing with a, another chain or national pharmacy that is also owned by the PBM that pays both of those entities, and they're making pricing differentials and formulary differences and 
mail order rule differences for the pharmacy that the PBM owns, it just it just takes things off the table of anything that is fair, not only to the taxpayer, but also to the business owner that's creating jobs within the marketplace, as well as taking care of patients who don't have any other form of healthcare provider, especially in rural areas, which I'd like to talk to you and come back to with regards to North Dakota being spread out. And I can imagine there are some communities in the state of North Dakota that the only provider of of healthcare services is the is the community pharmacy. But another portion of this entire debacle is, you know, it's estimated that we're going to exceed $450 billion in 2020 of annual drug spend. And this uh, represents that significant challenge to state budgets. So the data from CMS and Medicaid services show that from 2013 to 2017, an average state in federal Medicaid spending on prescription drugs increased by more than 15%. That's going to go up there saying to 22%. The average Medicaid prescription drug spending as a percentage of state budgets has increased by more than 89% over the last 10 years, from 1.3% in 2008 to 4.5% in 2018. And here's what's really bothering me, Mike, is... The Medicaid system is set up to help those who have invested in that as a charge over their entire lifetime when they retire and they expect it to be there. But also the the or the, the people in communities that can't afford anything but those uh, government-assisted programs. And now we're talking about billions and billions of dollars of profit of the three largest PBMs that are purposely making the so-called, unquote, game in favor of them only and not the patient, not the provider, not the pharmacies. not So that, that part of it bothers me more than anything. No, I'm definitely with you. In North Dakota here, we looked at our, we, we have our Medicaid program and it's run as a tradition, the traditional Medicaid program, excuse me, is, is run in-house with our state uh, pharmacy administrator. We did expand Medicaid a few years back under the Obamacare Act and under Medicaid expansion, uh, the state elected to have that run as managed care. And uh, actually, uh, this past legislative session, we, we meet every other year in North Dakota, but this past legislative session, uh, legislators looked at moving the Medicaid expansion population in-house with traditional Medicaid because they, they realized that they would save some money by doing it themselves and not having the PBM involved in administering the Medicaid expansion prescription drug benefit. And so I think that uh, through the testimony and through information that the Department of Human Services here in North Dakota brought forward, it became very clear, just like you've seen in, in Ohio and in Kentucky and Florida and, and other states around the country, you're seeing that once you kind of remove that middleman or remove the, the, some of the games um, that the PBM uh, likes to play uh, with taxpayer dollars, you actually end up saving some money not only that, you bring a level of transparency and access to the the data that uh, you know that that the state can actually make an informed decision. So yes, uh, you know we we have a lot of legislators in the governor's office who are very supportive of uh, looking at it from a different lens and saying, hey, maybe maybe this managed care, uh, uh, you know, having managed care in place isn't the the greatest thing or isn't truly doing what the managed care entities on you know the PBMs on behalf of the managed care entities said they were going to do. 
And I think that that's uh, what you're alluding to around the country. We're seeing that, you know, maybe the PBMs are once again taking advantage of their position in the marketplace and obviously taking advantage of taxpayer dollars uh, through that process. What do you think has to happen specifically in North Dakota to make these changes happen where uh, policies are put into place to bring things to a level playing field so that Pharmacy A, owned by a PBM, Pharmacy B, owned by a private um, employee or a private owner, Pharmacy C, maybe another chain like uh, a grocery store or something— What has to happen that all three of those pharmacies receive the same opportunity to compete for a patient's business, a consumer's business? Well, I think the the one thing that stands out in my mind is, is that, you know, whether it's the Federal Trade Commission, whether it's Congress, we really need to look at this model that's established. And again, if you want to create, create the most competitive marketplace out there, not only do you got to get rid of the bad actors in the process, but you got to look at you know, how, how are the PBMs allowed to do, you know, to handle the contracting? How are they allowed as a direct competitor uh, to set the terms and conditions as well as the reimbursement rates? I mean, let's face it, the, the reimbursement model for pharmacy is, is really, you know, broken and needs to be fixed. And I, and I think in, in North Dakota, at least, uh, you know, we've tried to bring forward a number of, of laws that help rein in some of these practices. And as soon as you actually have something meaningful, uh, the PBMs or their their trade group PCMA turns around and sues the state, and that's exactly what we have going on here in North Dakota. We brought forward some some laws back in 2017. Um, they asked for a preliminary injunction. Uh, judge Hovland, the the federal district judge here in North Dakota, denied them their preliminary injunction, as well as ruled in uh, you know the state's favor with regards to those laws. Then PCMA turns around and then they appeal it to the A Circuit, and right now we have a case pending in the A circuit. Um, but as, as you know, due to the Supreme Court granting cert in the Arkansas case, uh, there's a high probability that the A circuit's probably going to just wait until the Supreme Court looks at a previous Eighth Circuit decision that they made. Um, and then, you know, following that decision, hopefully we'll, we'll get a ruling on our uh, case that's in the A circuit. So even when you try to bring meaningful pieces of legislation that, you know, and if you really look at a lot of those laws, the majority of those laws actually benefit the patient, benefit the employer, and obviously the taxpayer, and of course, benefit pharmacies too. But again, it brings a level of transparency in trying to bring a level of uh, competition to the marketplace. And anytime you try, it seems like around the country, whether it's been Iowa or Arkansas or, or here or in, or in Oklahoma or in other places, as soon as you actually start to try to do some of those meaningful things, the, the PBMs just turn around and, and you know, uh, cry a foul and, and try to sue the state to try to block those things from happening. A man named Roger Rowell, who um, is a Bismarck, North Dakota resident, had a commercial plan uh, that allowed him to pay a $10 copay um, for his medications. And when he turned 65, he enrolled in Medicare, and the price of the drug skyrocketed to $2,400 a month. For That's for a 30-day supply. He now gets his medications from Canada. And I think, you know, people trying to scramble just to make, just to budget the money that they have, especially people like my father and my mom, for example, who don't have a lot of medications, and but they're budgeted, and they have budgets, and they only have so much money per per month. And what what aspect of health 
the to mitigate the risk of of medications that we you know don't know where the ingredients come from. We just did a podcast with uh, Catherine Eban, who did, wrote a book uh, based on ten years of research called "A Bottle of Lies," and that is uh, the, the generic drug boom has now created issues with manufacturers. Uh, claiming ingredients and claiming safety and in claiming a drug process creation that they're not following. So when we're talking about patients having to scramble, consumers having to scramble because of the United States being held hostage by the PBMs, that, Mike, causes for alarm for us because it's causing a scare for health issues and being able to take medications um, within uh, the United States, made by manufacturers where you know the FDA has tra- traceability, and and now we're having people go um, to Mexico and in in Canada for these medications. Yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen in, in Medicare, at least, and probably Medicaid too, but you know, for since we're on Medicare, if you look at Medicare, I mean, you know, yes, the PBMs love to tout, hey, you know, premiums have been kept at bay, but what they don't want to talk about is the fact that you know senior out-of-pocket expenses are you know two and a half times higher than compared to commercial plans. You know, they don't wanna they don't wanna talk about some of the things that are, are driving, you know, their out of pocket costs higher. You know, they don't wanna, you know, really get into the weeds on some of these DIR fees or, you know, everything's proprietary, trade secret, you know, uh, confidential with the PBMs. I mean, that's that's their claim on everything. I mean, we've gotten to the point in North Dakota during some of our hearings that we've asked pharmacists, you know, that pharmacists have asked committee members you know, of of certain committees that they're willing to share some of this information in their contracts, or they're willing to share what the PBMs tell them they can and cannot do. But of course, because of the, 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 the clauses in the contract, you know, we have to ask for the PBMs permission. And we do ask them during committee hearings, if they're willing to allow our pharmacists to, to show some of this information, you know, we've, we, we don't have anything to hide. Pharmacy around the country doesn't have anything to hide. And I think you're seeing that lid slowly get pried off. But of course, you know, the PBMs, the committee members will ask the PBMs if they will allow some of our members to share that information. Of course, they say no at every time, you know, no, those contracts are proprietary, confidential, et cetera. Again, you know, we don't have anything to hide. And I guess we would challenge the PBMs and take them the task on uh, the majority, if not the, you know, the, the majority or the vast majority of their claims that they lower prescription drug costs because everything we see in the marketplace, uh, they may lower it over here, but they increase it twice on the other side. And so, I, again, uh, to think that your senior out-of-pocket costs are two and a half times higher compared to commercial plans, um, you know, isn't, isn't extremely shocking, given that the PBMs control that marketplace. I, I think the other thing that we see in the marketplace, uh, let's get on the topic of specialty drugs a little bit. You know, obviously, specialty drugs have reared their head in recent years, and, you know, we might be a little bit of an outcast in terms of our thinking and our comments on this. But I think if you really sit down and think about it and look at it, you can see that we have the another emer- uh, the emergence of an area of the pharmacy market that's going to get taken advantage of or has already been taken advantage of and it's only going to get worse. You know, the PBMs basically are the ones that came up with accreditation standards to be a specialty pharmacy. Uh, You know, PBMs are the ones that get to define what a specialty drug is in most cases. I mean, if you look at some of the PBM manuals, it literally will state. I mean, I'm going to summarize, of course, and I can easily provide you documentation if need be. But it'll state our, you know, specialty program consists of the specialty drugs that, I mean, it'll say specialty drug definition. Our specialty program 
is consists of the specialty drugs that are deemed by the PBM to be appropriate, you know, something of that nature. I mean, really, they get to call certain drugs a specialty drug. I mean, we've seen drugs on the market for, in some cases, decades, and all of a sudden it becomes a specialty drug. Or, you know, we've seen pharmacies being able to dispense Humira, Enbrel, and a lot of other uh, self-administered uh, medications to patients for, for years and years. And all of a sudden now, the PBM comes up and says, oh, these are, these, are, these are specialty drugs. You as a pharmacy need to be accredited. You need to get accredited by two entities. You need to jump through all these hoops to be in our specialty network. Oh, by the way, we do have a specialty mail order house that can take care of all the patient's needs over here. Um, what, we've, what we've seen is we've seen a huge volume shift. That's been a number of drugs that pharmacists are more than qualified to dispense that pharmacies have been dispensing for, for years. We're seeing those taken away from pharmacies and being moved over to the PBM specialty mail order houses. I mean, we've even seen, what is, is it, Diplomat? I mean, they're, they're even uh, hurting and they're in the specialty business world and they've cited, uh, you know, low reimbursement, uh, you know, and dealings with PBMs as part of their reason. Right. So when, when you have this specialty drug market out there, uh, we've seen the PBMs find a way to move volume as fast as they can over to the specialty drug side of things. And again, you know, there's nothing in some, in some cases, yes, they are specialty drugs, a very, very limited number in our opinion. In a lot of cases, the only thing special about these drugs is actually the price. And the, the reality is, is again, would you rather have your mom getting their specialty medication through the mail and then trying to figure out over the phone how to self-inject that drug? Or would you rather have your, your grandma be able to pick that up at their local pharmacy and be shown how to properly administer that drug? Or in some of the PBMs uh, cases now, they'll allow the pharmacy to do that first bill. And what that means is, is the pharmacy can get the prior authorization done. They can counsel the patient. They can get all the paperwork and get all the legwork done for the PBM. And then after that, all future fills have to be done at the PBM specialty mail order house. I mean, talk about, again, once again, unfair, takes away patient choice, takes away access. And in some cases, I actually think it increases a lot of safety concerns that are going to rear its head if they haven't already in some cases. Again, these, these drugs are so special that the PBM will stick it in the mailbox. It can bake in your mailbox in the summertime or it can freeze in the wintertime. And then if by chance, you know, because these drugs are so special that if you have any concerns, pick up a phone and call our 800 number. We got a specialty pharmacist waiting to talk to you. Uh, and again, I guess I don't know of a college around the country that a pharmacist graduates with a specialty pharmacy degree. Once again, that's a coin uh, that was drummed up by the PBMs. Exactly. And how about that patient that if it's, if they, if he or she is on a so-called specialty med, why aren't they being seen by a pharmacist on a reoccurring basis to ensure that there aren't other factors of that patient's health that come into play that when a doctor of medicine is standing in front of that patient, they can recognize, hey, you know what, you, uh, you look kind of flush or you look like you're sweating or you look like you're in pain right now or are you nauseated? A, mail, a mailman or a mail carrier can't do that. And like you said, the impact uh, with the elements on the, on the drug itself in the mail order instance especially when the the hip the hypocrisy of what you're calling a specialty med well why it's why is it special well in some cases mike you know very well just as i do there are medications that have to be handled uh in a special case and they have to have follow-up from a special from a from a pharmacist who practices in that specific disease state 
who can say through REMS reporting type of interaction, the questions that must be asked during day 14, day 60, day 92, of you going through this therapy of what you're going through. And having a, uh, a pharmacist in touch with that patient is going to create a much a greater, higher level of healthcare than doing this through the mail. And we, we've seen what, what mail order can do, including to the waste that's in place. I actually had a question, Mike, how are you working with Senator John Hooven, who, who has two different bills that he's co-sponsoring to increase prescription drug transparency? Well, again, we've been fortunate, uh, whether it's uh, Senator Hoven or uh, Senator Kramer, um, you know, both of them uh, definitely uh, support pharmacy and both of them are looking at how can we help reduce the uh, drug costs uh, for, for our seniors, especially with North Dakota having a high rate of seniors in the state and a high rate of, of you know, rural areas and, and uh, medically underserved areas. And I think for the most part, they get it. They understand it. Um, in a lot of cases, they've kind of said, you know, uh, you know, Cong it's, in Congress, it's hard to get a lot of these things passed. Can we continue to get state movement on things? And this is a conversation we had with uh, both uh, Kramer and Hoven probably about three, four years ago. And since then, not only has North Dakota passed a number of PBM provisions, but, you know, the, the number of PBM um, bills and laws that have been passed around the country are, are you know, numerous. Uh, pretty much every state we've seen action in some form or, you know, in some manner. And so, I, again, I think they get it. They understand it. They understand that, uh, again, we have some bad actors in the marketplace. How can we drum up support, uh, you know, federally to, to address some of these things? And I, I think they're right when we start looking at uh, the PBMs. We're, we're finding out that the PBMs are a large uh, reason why we have the, the high cost of drugs that we do. And or let's at least start peeling back that little, little bit to find out. You say you're saving us all this money. Well, you know. Uh, the time is over for you to just say you're saving us all this money. Let's start digging into the weeds and let's have you show us that you actually are saving all this money. If you got nothing to hide, you should have no problem sharing this information. So, Mike, what do you do? You're there. I'm a pharmacist. I'm on my way to work right now. I might not understand this. What do you call? What's the call to action for pharmacists throughout the country that would be listening to this podcast series? Well, I think they definitely need to stay in touch with all their local legislators. Uh, they need to, as NCPAs even stated a number of times, get them into your pharmacy. Show them exactly what happens. Show them how on some drugs you actually do lose money. You have no control over that, and it really becomes a whack-a-mole. The PBMs get to decide, well, uh, today these are the drugs you're going to lose money on. Uh, you know, of course, collectively they like to say that. At the end of the day, though, the pharmacy is going to make some money. But again, um, you know, it's not like your typical business. The pharmacy has very little control over the actual cost of the drug as well as the reimbursement of that drug. And so I really think that, uh, you know, pharmacists need to, for one, uh, take a step back and realize that, you know, we, we all need to, we're all colleagues in all this, you know, treat, treat each other with kindness, realize that every, I guess, setting in every sector of pharmacy is affected by what's going on right now. Uh, rally the troops a little bit, uh, talk to your local legislators, get them into your, your pharmacy, show them what's going on, make sure that your, your, your patients understand uh, what's going on. Um, you know, really your, your patients and your, your legislators become some of your biggest advocates and continue to educate the public, uh, especially employers with what, you know, with what's taking place with regards to prescription drug benefits and, and the, uh, the games that are sometimes being played behind the scenes that, uh, again, a lot of the employers really don't have any idea uh, what's going on behind the scenes. 
Mike, it's been a pleasure to have you on this series. I think it's very important to continue to develop content uh, through the Pharmacy Podcast Network to get out to pharmacy professionals, letting them know what's happening. We invite you back to share with us other aspects of North Dakota's uh, fight to develop transparency and an even playing field for all pharmacy entities, not just the favored ones that may be owned by one of the three big um, PBMs. But um, very much appreciate your participation in the PBM reform series. Uh, we appreciate the invite. I appreciate uh, the discussion that we had. And again, uh, to all the pharmacists and uh, all of the patients that we take care of, uh, keep fighting the fight. It's the right fight. Uh, hopefully in due time, uh, federally, we'll, we'll get something accomplished. And hopefully it's, it's meaningful at the end of the day. If, if they come out of a room with a, a deal, sometimes that ain't the best thing to see. Unless uh, the other side's kicking and screaming, sometimes you don't have uh, some meaningful legislation. So again, uh, to our congressional delegation, as well as others around the country, uh, keep pushing. Uh, at the end of the day, I think everybody knows it's the right thing to do. And we, we have a bad ma uh, actor in the marketplace, and it needs to get addressed, and it needs to get addressed sooner than later. Thank you so much, Mike. We were on with Mike Schwab. He's the Executive Vice President of the North Dakota Pharmacist Association. This is the Pharmacy Podcast Network with the PBM Reform Series. We ask that you share these podcasts with other pharmacists, professionals, other healthcare providers, physicians, and uh, other uh, transparent uh, fiduciary-driven PBMs to let them know that we are here advocating for them with this messaging, with these interviews. And as always, we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. PBM reform is not a textbook process. This component of healthcare insurance will take time to figure out and will consist of many different players of the pharmaceutical supply chain. If you'd like to contribute information, data, or your own insights on PBM reform, please contact the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Send your email to publisher at pharmacypodcast.com or call us at 412-585-4001.